And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. And welcome to the Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio at revolution.radio. And I'm your host, Janet Kara Lesson, with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson. And our producer is Thomas Becker. And we have two guests today, Tomas Albin and Penny Bradley. And before we get started with the show, I just want to do a little sound check. Uh, Dr. Lesson, Sasha, are you there? Present. Sasha, the... Oh, present. I'm present. <laughs> what would you like to say before we bring on? We're gonna start with Tomas, and then we're gonna bring on Penny, since Tomas. Okay. Is well, I don't know. What would you like I, to I say? I don't know Tomas, but uh, but Penny's one of the wise people, and uh, she talks. I shut up, so I and so I can listen and learn stuff. Oh, good. You are a wise person to shut up and let Penny explain things to you because she's very wise <laughs> okay well we're gonna just let that hang in there so people will have to wait till we get penny on but tomas are you there welcome to the show hey i'm here well, wonderful uh, we'd like to if you would uh, start and tell us from your own perspective who you are and uh, what's going on with your role in the secret space program and i guess you created a group and whatever else you want to tell our listeners. We're going to listen intently for about, I don't know, five, ten, maybe 15 minutes, and then we're going to uh, switch gears. So take it away. Okay. Um, you know, this started, um, you know, um, well, with the earliest memory I have from this lifetime um, being that of, I don't know how to explain it, like some sort of, technological soul transfer technology but like the best way to describe it is uh, if you remember the tv series quantum leap um 
you know, I basically, the first thing I remember is a quantum leap style zap. And I was three years old in mid-stride. Uh, was my mother calling for me. What I remember just before that were several men, about three of them in surgical masks, looking over me in a very brightly lit room. And one of them um, shined something that looked like... Um, like a red laser in my eye and then was like the that zap for lack of a better word. So that's like the very first thing I remember. Um I had not experience when I was in kindergarten. Um you know, I was excused from my class to uh visit some social worker or somebody. Um kind of borrowed the uh the um was at the school counselor's office and started doing, you know, different tests, you know, like, you know, like uh, basically uh, math tests, reading comprehension, stuff like that. And then started doing like Warshak tests and uh, followed by the Zener ESP test. And Something like I could see right through the like I could see the image like right through the card, but something in my mind told me I needed to flunk this test. And so she would hold up a card. I would see an image of wavy lines. I'm like, mm, a triangle. Flip it over. It's wavy lines. Sorry. She'd hold up a card. And, you know, I would see a triangle. I'm like, rectangle. Flip it over triangle she's like sorry failed that one <laughs> but uh yeah was, uh, i was in kindergarten and this like strange person gave me these tests so that, you know um did you um did you eventually find out what they were about yeah in hindsight i'm guessing um you know, they're they're seeing if they wanted, you know, like how much, you know, because obviously they knew I was part of something. Um, educated guess is like if I passed that test, I probably would have been uh, subject to like a, another my lab program in, in this timeline. <laughs> yeah, they they may have figured out that you were. Uh Giving all the wrong answers too. If you got too many of them wrong, it goes the other way around. <laughs> well, you know no, I, mean, I, I knew enough to, to pass a couple of them. Kind of okay, like okay, good. But I just need yeah, like I was about halfway through it, and I, you know, and I kind of realized, oh crap, you know, I better start flunking these. <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Yeah, kind of. Um, but yeah, I'd have, uh, like, you know the difference between, like, when you're having a dream versus when you're reliving a memory. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I would have these very vivid memories of being on other planets. And, you know, for the longest time, as, you know, I thought, you know, this is like, the, you know, kind of got into the star seed thing as a possible explanation. But... To me, like, all the technology and the way people dress and everything was just way too terrestrial to be 
like an ET civilization. This was, you know, something that was happening concurrently. But you know, I, you know, I also thought it was like, um, you know, so also a lot of it would bleed over through, um, you know, because I was always designing schematics and stuff when I was a kid, like. I see something on on a sci-fi show and I back engineer it in my mind and figure out how it would work. Um, and uh, you know, start drawing schematics. And when I was in high school, I took a course as an elective in CAD, you know, computer aided drafting. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I wanted to get some extra credit, maybe impress my teacher. I designed um, the blueprint for this apartment that had the entertainment center built into it, where the entire wall was designated for a big screen TV, and where the living section was sunken in. So, like, you know, there's like a hat, like a, a like a semi flight of stairs, and your feet would be like right behind the couch. You know, it's kind of sunken in. And later on, like a couple weeks ago, other people in the SSP had memories of that place. And I kind of, you know, yeah, I designed uh, uh, like a blueprint for that. So a lot of these memories surface in, in hindsight in, in, in very interesting ways. So you actually designed something that they utilized? I designed um, it. Was, I I remembered it, but I remember I remembered the design. So I created the blueprint from, you know, it was buried in my subconscious. But other people remember that exact same, um, bl- actually living in, in or visiting that that exact same apartment. Uh, Tomas, uh, this is Sasha. If if you could pretend that you were that uh, couch in that room. Uh, what would your existence be? What are you like if you're that f- piece of furniture in that room? Can you pretend that? Well, I don't have to because other people confirmed those were like the VIP quarters, um, and on the off the off world, um, and the the I guess like the breakaway call them, but the, yeah, those are like you find those on Mars on on uh, asteroid belts and Titan, you know, um, outside the the solar system but yeah those uh those are vip quarters uh wow. the uh, dark fleet <laughs> thank you thank you so i was asking did they design the vip quarters from your design or you were just drawing them because you saw them i was drawing them because i saw them but it came out as a blueprint you know like i remember the design subconsciously so i created the blueprint based off of that design but then later on independently other people remember like living or or you know that specific uh type of apartment wow okay um so i des- i made a design when i was in high school you know that yeah. was like 20 some odd years ago and I remember, like, so, you know, the subject came up, and they, somebody mentioned, yeah, do you remember, like, a TV, a, the entire wall with a TV built into it? It's like, actually, yeah, I do remember that, because, you know, I created a schematic for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So what was your job? Do you remember what, what you what, did? What did you see on the What did you see on the TV? I don't remember seeing anything on TV. I just remember the, the that it had that. Uh, I see. If you're going to imagine something appearing, what, do you, what kind of thing you would you guess would be appearing on that screen? If anything, probably propaganda of some kind. Thank you. <laughs> but the, so do you yeah, remember the, about what you did in the program? You said you remember being there. Were you in well, school? I, uh, Were you working? Well, most of what I did is I worked as an engineer's assistant, um, a ship's mechanic. I, I was a storage clerk, you know, a technician work, weapons tech, stuff of that nature. The thing is, like, I don't – like, I remember the knowledge. I just don't have that many standout memories because it's very dull, boring work. Um I remember being a pilot or a co-pilot on, on, on a cargo vehicle in the shuttle, you know, making cargo runs. Um, you know, it, I remember doing it. I just don't remember any particular thing stand out because it was rather, like I said, you know, monotonous. It's like, what was the cargo? What were you carrying? Um, that This would have been on the command carrier and whatever supplies – needed um most of uh, larger craft are completely self-sufficient so yeah normally it was you know i'd be standing at a kiosk somebody to walk up it's like you know requesting you know whatever part okay palm print i'll confirm you here with my palm print i'll get somebody to go get it okay here's here's your part palm print palm print okay you're off <laughs> That Thank that you. that was the routine. So Thank you. <laughs> it sounds like you could have been on a US Navy ship. Hey, you know, it's funny when I bring that up because when I started talking about like the type of ta tactics and strategies I remember people used to say it was, you know, na army or navy. And I get in conversations with like, um, you know, with with Marines and stuff in in the here and now, and it's like, yeah, it sounds like something that that either Army and Navy would do. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked okay, about the things uh, that don't, don't stand out. What's uh, what? What is one thing that really stood yeah. out? What's the what's the clearest uh, uh, impression you had of uh, interacting with people or uh, situations? in space well i mean you know it's like if if i have like a sudden like recall or memory flashback and other people confirm it that's just proof to me that uh you know this is for real you know yeah. like, um uh, is janet here yeah i'm yeah here. i sent, um, sent yeah. you an image in your facebook chat Okay, I'll go look. I'll be sending you more uh, periodically. Don't worry, I have a ton to send you. Oh, wonderful! That'll be great. Yeah. So, did you and Penny meet each other while you were in the program, or was it afterward? In well, this, Penny uh, has reality? like you know, a, tons of alters. So I, I, you know, 
I believe I did like briefly like come come across her. Um, I remember like you know because as I had a job as a bartender, um, I believe on either a space station or a habitat somewhere. Getting the feeling of it, but you know it's. Uh, and I remember like a fight breaking out between a couple, and that you know apparently her and her CEO got in a, in, in a fist fight in a bar. It might good possibility it could have been I could it could have been the same fight. Yeah, you because know, it really is a small world out there. Like uh, the admiral who was in command of the uh, the command carrier, the, the big ship I was on, like. He ended up being my high school vice principal or my middle school uh, principal, and the man was like incredibly incompetent. <laughs> you know, as a middle school principal, the man it was probably like, "How does this guy keep his job?" <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, that that kind of makes you wonder. So he was, he worked with him in the program, and then they gave him. Like at a regular job, and he wasn't very good at it. But was he good at his other job? Um, as an admiral, yeah. He, the, the, you know. Uh-huh. Because, you know, I was a command carrier. So, yeah, I, I, I don't remember, like, you know, I probably interacted with him direct, directly as many times as I did when I was in middle school. You know, it's like, hey, good job. I heard you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. It's like, thank you, sir. <laughs> um, but it's just like, like I said, it's like, I don't think it's strategic or planned. I just think that, you know, maybe the quantum entanglement from being in two coexisting timelines somehow draws people together um, by chance. I don't, you know, I'm not going to speculate and just, you know, I don't think that was done deliberately. I just, you know, because I encounter a lot of people in hindsight that, yeah, I probably was connected with that person. And, you know, just like the connection that we had. You know, I, I would befriend somebody or perfect strangers, and we just had like this, like we were co workers or something for a long time type of camaraderie. <laughs> so. Uh, let's give uh, the talking stick to Penny. Penny, are you there? Penny Bradley. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, can you fill in the gaps or um, explain uh, things more? Or how yeah, did go back I and forth. meet Tomas on Earth? Actually, it was on Facebook. <laughs> I was running. I inherited a group <laughs> that was for. Star seeds, because a lot of the veterans start off in thinking that they're star seeds. And this guy who was trying to sell some device had done this list of 40 questions. And Tomas popped out of nowhere and started answering them. And I think out of the 40, there were five that we argued about big time. And <laughs> And this was about three and a half years ago. And uh, I respected that he was being logical and rational. 
and not being a troll. <laughs> so um, we got to be friends, and I eventually added him as an admin to that group. And um, we're in this chat room. I think there were, what, 12 of us in it, Tomas? I think so. And we were starting to explore the whistleblowers who were public then. And I was starting to have problems with, I would listen to someone's testimony and end up in adrenal shock. I have Addison's and my subconscious would be so stressed by hearing the testimony that I would literally have to take an extra dose of my medication. And some of the others were in this chat room were having similar issues. And so we one day said, okay, you know, we've tried several of the people out there who are trying to counsel people and they all want a lot of money and they all want to tell us what to do and tell us what we're thinking. And mm. God forbid I had been exercised a hundred times as a Christian. I didn't need another exorcism from anybody. And so wow. we, were, we were talking about, you know, what we need is a group support with only enough moderation to keep us from killing each other. <laughs> Isn't that what, what it was, Tomas? Yeah, you have like two little admins, it becomes overwhelming. Too many, it causes problems. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I got kicked out of a group because I thought somebody was trolling me and it blocked them. Well, you got 600 ad admins you know, how was I supposed to know this person was an admin? Yeah. Now Facebook will tag the admins in their posts so you know who they are. But for a long time, they didn't do that. So we ended up, we said, okay, we're going to have this group for people like us who are starting to remember. And I had already had memory activated, but it was this big, ugly blob that was all in German. And so I was trying to figure out what the big ugly blob was really. And we had, I think, to, while we were discussing forming the group, Tomas went ahead and just did it. And I was the first person he added. And he doesn't live in the United States and he sometimes has serious internet connection issues. So, um, he was working on a comic book about one set of his memories, and he didn't have enough bandwidth to do that and monitor the group. So he asked me to babysit it for him. So I did. And that was why everybody thinks that I'm the founder, because I was babysitting it. When he got more bandwidth and came back, I have happily turned over control. Haven't I, Thomas? Tomas. Yeah, part of it is um, we had this one admin in particular that went a little uh, loony <laughs> and was causing yeah. some, some problems. She got triggered by an agent. We had an agent show up and start using 
um, Ashtar command um, code words. And she was immediately switched into another altar. And she she just she went completely off the deep end. She called the CIA and was singing to them in light language, recorded it on her cell phone, uploaded it to YouTube, and then posted it in the group. Just what we did not need was the CIA following that that post trail back to us. So let me let me ask you, what's in the Ashtar command? Um, yeah, maybe you want to explain that to our listeners. How, how did that work? That she got triggered by things from the Ashtar command. Ashtar, yeah, Ashtar Command is a CIA PSYOP, and the channeling for it comes through synthetic telepathy, not real channeling. It's it's a complete PSYOP, and there are some of our younger veterans, most of them are in their 20s and 30s, that have been programmed that when you show up and you use these code words, they will immediately switch to the altar that's trained for that program. Ashtar Command is about a military program that will be installed in the case of an, e of an actual ET invasion. It, it's a real program. It's the way it's used in the New Age community is the Saya which means that it's not true as is. So, yeah, I think, um, well, I've seen, like, as the, the, the bait and switch MO kind of repeatedly play out, and that's kind of what they're going to do when they decide the fake and ET invasion is. First, they'll have the nasties invade, and then they'll have, like, the really, like, you know, the quote-unquote good guys come in. Well, I don't think it's going... Well First off, the guys in space, the Germans are not Nazis. They're just Germans. Secondly, the plan that I heard Randy Kramer talk about involved getting an ET group in his description, it would be the Mantids, to come in and do a hoax invasion. And that afterwards it would be everybody clapping each other on the back. Well, we did a good job with that one. Um, but yeah, I was on that panel and, and you were on that panel when we, um, someone asked a question and we just brought that up. What's the alien invasion going to look like? Now I've heard this alien invasion synopsis going back to when I had Stuart Squirt out here in Maui. What year was that, honey? 2003 or four or something like that? Maybe five. Um, that's right. So I had sponsored Stuart, and then, then the next year was David Ike. So Stuart came here, and he said he never saw so many mind-controlled people in his life as he did on, in Maui. So Maui's a hippie place. But um, he was describing it back then, and he told us how he had gone back through time and was at the foot of uh, Christ during the execution and had a, um, a um, hypodermic nerve, uh, needle, and he... He looked up at Jesus, and Jesus looked out at him, and he shoved it in the toe, 
and then the, there was like forgiveness. He said, it's okay. He shook his head. That's okay. Go ahead and do it. And then when he was done, he got uh, transported to an underground Mars base. And, and apparently that was part of the, um, the plan for the, the second coming of Christ. And they were, the reason why they got the blood is that he somehow had some of the blood on the Shroud of Turin. Now, this is years since I've heard this, so I may not have it 100% accurate. If you look at some of the, um, the literally making uh, the book of Revelations coming to pass, um, you know, I, I believe somebody is doing that deliberately. If you look at, uh, you know, the, the passage where it talks about wormwood uh, raining poison on the land for three days and three nights, and you realize that Chernobyl is the Russian word for wormwood, and that that facility was sabotaged and so was the gulf um the gulf oil disaster you know the 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 seas will uh in rivers will turn to blood well you saw that happening and the, the oceans will boil and then we have fukushima and uh, it's not just the book of revelations because if you're looking at it from the islamic point of view the army that creates the last great caliphate before their end of the world messiah returning wears all black and uses black flags. And that's why um, Daesh, which is what we call ISIS, was so popular was because it's straight out of the Quran. Well, take a step beyond that. The Vikings have the war of Ragnarok. I'm sure there are like Asian uh, prophecies of that nature that are deliberately being done as well. Yeah. You know, the, and, the and Hogan prophecy. Randy, Kramer, Randy Kramer did talk about that in his interview on Breakthrough, where that you've got all these guys in charge around tables, list, and they each want their own religious belief of the end of the world to come true so they're deliberately setting it up that way well, yeah they have the long vision and they have time travel so they can do whatever they want and we don't know who exactly they are who the factions are but ultimately what it does is it divides and conquers humanity so you have all these people fighting against each other because they're religions and you know all these could just be distractions to keep us from feeling our unity consciousness and oneness well, using time travel is coming back to bite them. Because um, right now, we've got a lot of uh, temporal anomalies going on. Mandela effect, place artifacts. Um, and, it's you know, they've opened Pandora's box. And they're trying to figure out how to close it again. And one of the reasons why you're seeing the scorched earth policy... Is because with that and the breakaway civilization using the time travel for the uh, to man for to man basically the the secret space program, they've created an open time loop, uh-huh. and so the scorched earth policy is they're trying to figure out a way to close that time loop. What do you explain the scorched earth policy? What is that? Well, look what's going around. I mean, with the deliberate destruction, you know. Of the planet, the, you know, the deliberate poisoning of the population. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's there. There, I, I, you know, 
speculating here, but you know, it was like the the Germans were willing to lose Germany if they were willing to win the war. You know, you kind of seen the same modality taking place. Um, you know, they figured they can close the time loop and keep the uh, the interstellar uh, little interstellar empire uh, that they got going and close the time loop here on Earth. But there are forces that are fighting back against that. Like, you know, within, um, I can say, um, I don't want to say cabal, but like, you know, within the powers that be, there's a lot of infighting mm-hmm. over. And we have a full-blown temporal war going on, and that's causing all kinds of issues. <laughs> well, you to explain of- all this to me and the listeners, because I'm not sure exactly what you're meaning by that. Let me just add a little bit, and then I'll pass the talking stick to Penny, and then Sasha should, should probably inject something. Yeah, let me wait. Let me let me interject something, and then we'll go back. We'll go around again because it's getting really interesting. I was on board a craft when I was four years old. It was a huge uh, mothership. I was my eternal self. I, you know, I was uh, four years my human form, but my eternal self. But I, once I was on a craft, and we were looking at twenty-four different timelines, and they are the future history probabilities of where we could go. And the main important thing was that each person is a, is a chooser. Now, these are just a sample of, of there's endless timelines. There's actually, you know, as many timelines as are, are people. But they get us to focus on the timeline. That's why they give us the programs, like revolutions or, or the Muslim well, that's program. Like a choose your own adventure book. That program. Mm-hmm. Say that again? It says like a choose-your-own-adventure book. A choose-your-own-adventure book? Yeah, you remember those? No, no, what's that? Okay, it's like, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a different generation. I'm old enough to be your grandmother, probably. <laughs> I don't so know. Yes. But, Jen is my age. Right, yeah. So you're the, I you're the age of our children. So remember that. <laughs> I'm 43, so I'm kind of. Okay, like, yeah, you're the age of our children. I'm going to be 65. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 63, so you're the age of our children. So keep in mind you're talking to people who don't understand. What's an adventure um, book? Yeah, these came out when I was a kid, and basically they were written in second-person perspective. Um, And you come to a decision. So you didn't follow it from, like, the first page to the last – you come to a decision, and it's like, if you want to do this, go to page 8. If you want to do oh. that, go to page 14. And then you read on up, and then you come to another point where, okay, if you want to make this decision, you turn to page 4. And if you want to make that decision, turn to page 7. And so you go back and forth in the book, but you have all these different alternate endings. So um, that's what it was. They were showing me an adventure book, and they said yeah. that we are the choosers. And they and they gave the analogy of uh, like a highway, like you're going down a highway. And if you want to go into the, you know, the, the timeline that's over on the far right, you have to gradually make the the shift, but eventually you can get over and take that exit to go to that that timeline. Yeah, but, but that the point, all depends on whether was that time, we are the choosers. That all depends on whether time itself wants that change to happen. Because if you alter history in a significant way, time will fight back and make sure yes. the dominoes fall back in a way that, that might as well have never happened. Yes. I mean, 
And like I said, it's causing all kinds of problems. You're seeing the Mandela effect, the art of place mm-hmm. artifacts, I'm sorry, out of place artifacts, um, things like that. It's an, and Mandela effect seems to be intensifying. Well, we have a problem right. that there is a galactic authority, and I put that name in quotes because it's not their right name. Uh, On Earth, they're known as the Earth Council or the Council of Five. But they are what remains of the ancient galactic authority, in quotes. They are the de facto galactic police. And they are very upset about the way that the breakaway civilization has behaved in space. They are extremely angry about the time anomalies and they are on the other side of the time war trying to force us to comply with the galactic law there is there is an actual like um time enforcement agency type of deal out there and so and also you know talking about like invoking the godlike beings you know that's upsetting them (laughs) yes with when you mess with with time like we have in these projects for the last 80 years when you mess with time you are messing with the foundation of the universe's structure and you're not just affecting earth you're not just affecting 3d you're affecting everything around it. And that's why these agencies exist, is so that they are capable of traveling through dimensions and space, and or densities, as Tomas calls them. And they go through and they make sure people follow the rules. And I use people very loosely because they may not look like us at all. A lot of them do. A lot of them do look roughly like us. But Some, you did, the only way it tells is if you had a DNA scanner handy. Uh, some of them you can't even tell that way because the Mars native humans came up on my computer screen as us. So yeah. human, humans from Earth or wherever we really originated, are very common in this galaxy. We apparently have been out in space before, several times, because we're spread too far for this to not have happened. Yeah. um, Starting from our understanding, originally from our ancestors came from Lyra. Um. Right. But if you if you look at uh, where the solar system is located on a galactic map, this is the, the strategic value alone is is worth. Um, you know, you control the solar system, you can literally control half the galaxy. Uh, it's you know just by its location, which is why the Draco won it. Which is why why. The Pleiadians won it, which is why the Tall Whites won it, which is why the Greys won it, which is why we have to start wising up about who, who has it. it. 
We do. Who has it? Um, we, the Earth Council. Who's really has running it? the show here? The Earth That's a Council. Because you fall yes, the ladder all the way up, and you always. Do I get to say something? <laughs> like the unknown. There's always an unknown player. And when you figure out what that player is, there's an unknown player controlling it. Okay. So go ahead, Penny. You wanted to add something. The Council of Five, the Galactic Police, have Earth in a what they consider to be a playpen because the current version of humanity is considered to be a child race. And they have been keeping other ET races out until John D and his followers have been inviting in others since then. If we are stupid enough to invite someone else in, the, the Council of Five is going to allow it. So we need to get a handle on this CE5 stuff and be more careful about who we're letting in. We've got almost 100 races on Earth now. And I'm not talking about human variants. Those, I'm talking, I'm talking about extraterrestrial, not from Earth, physical beings that are here. And we've invited all of them. Now, who is the we that invited? Because I didn't invite people this. Doing, the people doing seances, the, the people that do seances and have been since the 1700s. Wait, you're breaking up. Say that again. Who? I'm sorry. There's some kind of wind or something. Um, say that last sentence again. Who are the, the we that's invited them in? The people who are doing seances. The people who oh, okay. are doing CE5. The people who stand out in their backyards and say, welcome, Space Brothers. And yeah, okay, I Okay, so those people nice have that much power that when they just say those things, they actually bring these people in. It's massive. Yes. You're saying? A lot of yes. them do it in unison. You know, they have like these organs, especially when the, you know, with the, with the advent of the internet, you know, you, you know, where they got millions of minds focusing on something happening, it's going to happen. Humans have are the millions of minds are just groups of, you know, I, I don't see any large CE5s. Are you in Look into uh, George Norrie did mass consciousness experiments on Coast to Coast AM, and he proved that they work. Um, okay. You know, like Texas, uh, I think this is one in 2006, uh, Texas was suffering like a major drought, so he had all his listeners focusing on raining. And the next day, not only did it rain, it was a major downpour. Um, but look into look into that because he's proven that mass consciousness works. Um, so I guess what I'm asking is, do they come in when there's five people or fifty people or five hundred people? If one person called them in, what? Yeah. One person can call them in, but the more people that are involved in the procedure, the farther the message goes out. But the problem is, you don't know who you're inviting in. That's how they put like a protection where only calling in beings of the, or from the, the good side of the force or. Yeah, how do you discern that? You know, how, yeah, there, yeah, that's. Yeah. 
There's so many shades of gray. It's not black and white. It's not like one person's good is another person's bad. You know, it's like everybody right. out there thinks they're the good guys. Yeah. Right. So this has been going on for, since forever, though. This is nothing new. No, People have been doing this no. has been, invocations this has been going forever. on since John D. in Queen Elizabeth the First court. Who's John D.? He's the founder of Enochian magic. He thought he was contacting angels, and he got ETs instead. Well, even even. Uh, so, uh, as Nikita, as um, you know, he identified them coming in through the interdimensional portals and said, "We've got to stop them coming in." But people in, in those days, whenever that was Atlantis days, they were opening up portals and inviting them in, doing rituals and all kinds. Yeah, of look things. what happened so to them. This has been going on. Uh, Penny, tell us some more about this John D. John D. was Queen Elizabeth's court magician. And this is Queen Elizabeth I in the 1500s. We're not talking about right now. And they didn't understand a lot of science. And he had run across hermetic studies like the stuff from Thoth. And he had started doing experiments where that he could make things go poof. And uh, mm-hmm. not disappear, but the puff of smoke and flash of uh, fire and so for that era that was very impressive and he used those abilities to get himself a position of power and respect and he was the founder of her spy agency and he had this sidekick who channeled and they formed an entire branch of magic that was based on contacting what they called angels. And they, there's reason to believe, based on the rituals involved, that they were contacting the Draco. Because a lot of what was required by these guys... Today we know that involves adrenochrome. <clears throat> there were blood rituals. <coughs> there were blood rituals involved, so there was adrenochrome involved. So the only race that I know of that interacts with Earth that's really into adrenochrome are the Draco. Was the queen uh, uh, indicated in the rituals as well? I'm not sure if she actually got involved with it or not, but she had sponsored him. And then she sent him on a tour of Europe to be a spy in, in the other courts. And he made really good friends with the guy that was in charge of Bavaria. At that time, Bavaria was its own country, and now it's part of Germany. And so when she eventually got pissed at him because he was becoming dangerous, he went to Bavaria, and he took all of the tech and knowledge that he had gotten from his, quote, angels to Bavaria with him, 
And he eventually got in trouble with the Vatican and he died poor after. I'm not sure if he actually died in prison, but he had been in prison for a long time. Penny, doesn't that, doesn't that connect with the, uh, the Toth Society? Um, I know it, it connects with the Tula and, and oh, the Because the, then you bring, get back to Murray Ostich. Murray Ostich was the, the Vril Society. And they were both branches of the Bavarian Illuminati who were the inheritors of the information that he got from these so-called angels who I believe were really Draco. But I know the um, the, the the five Osset sisters contacted the intelligence from Aldebaran, who, uh -huh. according to some, are extremely extremely nasty. Uh, you know, like well, we call well, we I, I what, we call it the nasties. You know, <laughs> it's like they're up there. Um, My experience in space is it's considered benevolent if it doesn't eat us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's that's the All working, right. <laughs> that's the working definition that we use. If they don't eat us, they don't eat us, we can trade with them or at least crack a couple jokes. Yeah. Um, that that's the basic that's the basic split out there is do they eat us or so do why do some of them decide to eat us because they can the worse we taste we good eat. yes we taste like pork yeah that's what I thought <laughs> okay wow um where are we in time I think we've got about uh, six minutes to make it up. you know in Hawaii shark bites bites a human he usually spits it out because they don't like humans well they're expecting a seal and, the, and they got lung pork instead yeah usually what happens is the humans go out there and eat the shark <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so some some people decide some species like to eat humans are is that prevalent from the cosmos or is that just a species 3D is 3D, no matter what physical race you are. Right. It's duality, no matter where you are in 3D. And we're all pretty much the same. People want to tell me that the ETs are, are more spiritually advanced. They're not. <laughs> They're 10 to 15% of them are good all the time. 10 to 15% are as bad as they can be and not be killed for it. And the rest float by their peer pressure. Just like humans. And then it breaks down on the individual level, too. I mean... Exactly. It's... Well, I was going by individuals because each race has its own agenda, which is always serving its own people. And there again, people is in quotations. I mean, so, you will occasionally so pretty much encounter like Star Wars, a really like timid Star Draco. Wars. You will occasionally encounter a really brazen panko. It's rare, 
It does happen. Um, you encounter a what? See, I've encountered some kind and loving Dracos or, or reptilians. I don't know what they are. Pinkos are, it's short for pink gecko, and they're about as opposite as Dracos. They're about the exact polar opposite when it comes to reptilians. I mean, they are very timid. They're terrified of us. (laughs) I don't blame them. They wear spacesuits that make them, people think they're seeing grays, because they have spacesuits that, when they put them on, they look just like grays, and that's where a lot of people um, confuse them, but they're... No, they come to Earth to study the plant life, and usually people see pankos, like, way out in, in the woods somewhere, and the moment the pankos realize that humans see them, they take off and run, and get in their little space. You know, they're gone. Well, maybe we need to go over all the species that uh, you have identified how they're interacting with humanity because we are humans so we wonder how they're getting along I mean Corey Good painted the picture about the space station that's out by Jupiter and uh, we have several of those we have um, one parked out by Jupiter is one um, near the Oort cloud I believe I was in that one um, you know it, it's yeah most a lot of the trade ha- especially like Jupiter is the main kind of trade hub with us and, you know, foreigners, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, it's the main, main trading hub because we don't always want something going directly to Earth. You know, it's like some things we want to quarantine first. Right. right. <laughs> and so, yeah, so how do Jupiter like, run? Okay, that's as far as you go. You're not any, getting any closer to our home system. <laughs> Whatever you're selling, sell it here. <laughs> we have one around Jupiter that is basically like the United Nations. And we have another one around Jupiter that is strictly for trade. Okay. Well, that makes sense. It, it, that, uh, we don't want anybody just coming down here and parking in our backyard. There's, you know, it's kind of like what, um, who was that, um, Hawking said, you know, you got to be careful who you're, <laughs> you're contacting, because you don't know who you're contacting, you think everybody's all, all good out there, and love life, mistakes. So, I can barely hear you, there's um, a lot of interference, sorry. Yeah, I'm that. not sure what's going on, sorry about that, I'll, I'll try, um, we're, we're coming up on the break, we have one more minute before the break. Okay. Sasha, what would you like to say before we go to the break, Sasha? something um yeah this is a fascinating yeah i'm talking can't you hear me honey this is a fascinating discussion (laughs) Uh, you know i've just been reading peter moon and he really is talking about how these uh barbarian societies were really onto something that used for benefit or for uh, enslavement of humanity and it's just that hitler and the and this, this dude took it the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the down path, but it's it's just spiritual power, and it could also be used for good. At least that's what Peter Moon thinks. Okay, well, we're coming up on our break. We'll be back in about five minutes. Thank you very much. All right, perfect. See you in five. All right.
listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. Some more speed records in this day and age. You need coverage. Coverage? Oh, you mean them little root weevils that crawl around popping off cameras in your face? Those root weevils write history. Many of you know that quote by Jack Nicholson and a few good men. You can't handle the truth. Well, you can, and Event Horizons will give you those truths. So when you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in Network, you'll know just what to do. We will draw you in and become your news addiction at Event Horizons. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time at freedomslips.com. Revolution Radio. Our world team members are Dennis Fetcho, John Ilias, David Dunger, Hyla Cass, MD, Melanie Richton, Jim Mars, Paula Harris, John Trallo, Maria Payan, Christopher Husser, DODDS, Jonathan Orchard, and me, your anchor, Dr. Robin Falco. If uh, you decide not to volunteer, it will not be held against you in any way. Sounds dangerous. It is. Very dangerous. Count me in. That's right here. Revolution Radio. Freedomslips.com. Where information never sleeps. Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records? Addresses? phone numbers we'll squeeze on over to freedomslips.com yes that's www.freedomslips.com click the banner on the homepage for the emp proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer so folks keep your data safe for your peace of mind revolution radio freedomslips.com you don't need to expect us we're already here diplomat reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge. Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A. 
for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitor's peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We've got to stop us! They're going to kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part. But to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right, you tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Janet, are you on mute? Uh, if Janet's on mute, let me uh, speak up. This is uh, Dr. Sasha Lesson. Uh, welcome back to our wonderful program. Uh, uh, Janet, our co-host, is on mute. And uh, we're talking to uh, Tomas and Penny. And one thing that left me dangling was that a CIA uh, person had joined your Facebook group. And that this Facebook uh, that, that you know, what is the CIA interested in you guys, and how are they leaning on you? What's happening? Uh, how do you handle that? 
Well, if anything, I'd say it's NSA. Not not CIA. Uh, this guy, I would think, was CIA because the NSA deliberately activated my memory. And they wouldn't be hassling us in, out, in a group after that. So... The CIA. Well, legally, the CIA is not supposed to operate within the United States, but then again, uh, that's it, talking about the CIA. So, the legally, CIA I don't think is applies who, to them. The CIA is who abducts us to do the mind fractures. Yeah. So, why wouldn't they be interested in finding out how far we're going and triggering some of our admins to slow us down? Because we've had the. We've had incredible success helping people recover their memories. Yeah, true. We've actually been successful. We have, right now, it's what, 3,363 3, members? But it's we've stabilizing been, around the, the, the mid-3,000s. Yeah, we, okay. we went as but high as... We went as high as 4,000 at one point. It's got to go two ways because if they're monitoring you, that means you're tuning into them. So you are a possibility of helping us understand what they're up to. It tends to is no good. <laughs> yeah, that, it tends to go both ways. Um, there was one person who was an admin who, you know, when we joined with us when we first started a group, but. He basically was fishing everybody for information. Uh-huh. Now, I, you know, for all I know, this guy could have just been looking for information to write a sci-fi novel, you know. Um, you know, um, but still, you know, I kind of like, after a while, it's like, okay, hold on. You're not contributing anything to the group. You're just, you know, basically, you know, does this remind you of anything? you remember this? And then people would respond, and he'd be doing the same thing within within the admin chat. So after a while, it's like, okay, you know. Well, <laughs> we have seven admins now, and six of us are veterans, and the seventh one is a counselor who works with... I'm, he de- He's... He's a psychic who does regression hypnosis on people, and I'm not sure what else he does. But he's very sympathetic to us. We had another counselor who was an admin who has since left. Um, She was not always sympathetic with us. Okay, well, let me just say that, you know... Yes, uh, last week I interviewed uh, Michael Sala, and he said that the CIA had a, a submarine that uh, uh, was off of North Korea and actually sent a missile. It was supposed to hit uh, Hawaii for real. It wasn't a fake thing, but that the uh, uh, um, Star Wars, uh, our um, Navy, uh, shot it down from above, so it never hit Hawaii but that it was the CIA that was trying to start the Armageddon scene that began this show today. Well, there's also another component to that is Hawaii is where the NSA had their main um, information gathering on the American people 
And by triggering um, that, that missile triggered a default uh, defense protocol that shunted all the information back to DC. Whoa! <laughs> what we have going on is a faction war between the CIA and the NSA. Wow. And the well, you, I'm, and you've seen also, some movies where you have like different alphabet agents getting the full out shoot full on shootout war. That actually happens. Yes. And that's what's going on. Are we back on air? Excuse me one moment. Are we back on air? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> I had I was away from the thing here. Okay, so we're, we're back we all on, have on, a on, on the air. Somewhere. But yes. <laughs> okay, we're on we're air. In, we are in a shooting war between the CIA on one side and the NSA on the other side. And the FBI is kind of playing both sides against the middle. And none of them are following their charters. Their charters were the, F the FBI was supposed to handle interstate crime in the United States alone. The CIA was supposed to handle things outside the national boundaries. And the NSA was supposed to handle anything that was related to the national security of the United States. None of them are doing that anymore. They're, they're all involved in kidnapping kids, my um, well, look at drugs. the uh, the FBI is doing right now is getting people in in uh, perjury traps and arresting people for process crimes. Which, if you look at it, is you know completely banana republic shit. Something you should never see happen in the United States. But you know, J. Edgar like, Hoover has always had always done that. He kept files on every politician. All the crimes that they had committed, all the way up. That's how he stayed in charge of the FBI for so many decades, through so many presidents. He had blackmail files. Yeah. And Brendan, how the hell did he even get hired by the CIA in the first place, let alone be the head of it? It just doesn't add up. Unless I, I was shocked that Congress didn't, didn't try him for, for lying to them. He sat there and boldface lied to them about surveil the surveillance state, and they let him get by with it. Not to mention the fact that in the eighties he voted for the Communist Party twice. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's like so, Tomas, you you said at one point you wanted to get back to. Or I don't know if I missed it. Uh, you wanted to get back to a helicopter story or something? Oh, um, my IFO sighting. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this is uh, back in 06. I was living in uh, San Ramon, California, um, which is uh, fairly close to Livermore, which mm -hmm. is where uh, Lawrence Livermore Labs and the, I think the Jet Propulsion Lab is around that area. I'm not sure, but anyways. JPL uh, is in Pasadena. Yeah. Okay. So JPL is so the, yeah, but uh, Lawrence Livermore. Um, I think it's something. 
Anyways, um, one night I was looking out on on the front patio and I saw what looked like a classic uh, sighting of the first kind. You know, I had the the light that was moving from one end to the horizon to the other in in the blink of an eye, turn on like a 280-degree angle without stopping, uh, completely silent, you know, totally silent. Um, Classic, you know, like I said, uh, sighting of the first kind. The next morning, I go outside, and I look out, and it's these helicopters that are making these maneuvers. Um, completely silent. They didn't have propellers. Instead, they had these kind of black diamondoid-shaped uh, devices in place of propellers, and they were flying upside down. You know, making you know completely silent, making maneuvers that are impossible for conventional aircraft. Um, you know, uh, they're basically uh, Cobra attack helicopters. If you remember uh, the TV uh, series Airwolf, it was uh, kind of um, they're basically you know were those were decommissioned when the Apache was introduced, so they basically used those to to beta test this anti gravity tech, and yeah, <laughs> that's that's my my IFO sighting. Okay, um, where do you want to go next? We've got another 45 minutes. We've got a lot of ground to cover. What do you want to focus on? You guys know each other's story. Uh, yeah, one thing I've got to tell you, uh, Fanny, what can we do to protect our children from kidnapping? Nothing. Who's kidnapping and why? CPS is, is the main kidnapper. Not anymore. Who's CPS. It's- well, they're well. Okay, they're one of child protective services. They child protective services. Child using these kids for slaves. Uh, on planet, off planet. Uh, what kind of slaves? Are they sex slaves? Are they food? Well, uh, one, of, uh, one of the uh, ways they uh, get the kids in the first, for whatever nefarious purposes they're going to do is to have CPS come in and. You know, collude with family court and make a whole bunch of lies up about the parents. Um, and once they, you know, adopt a kid out, who knows where, you know, because the parents have no way to connect to the kid, you know, they sever all communication. So, so. What, what makes them go through all these hassles? They could just take a bunch of kids and do a breeding program and reproduce as many kids as they want. What makes them go through the hassle of uh, kidnapping kids and other people who have produced? And you know, there's a lot of ways to make human beings, right? We can clone them, we can breed them yeah, like livestock. That, I mean, that's one way. There's like the classic human trafficking. You know, the you know, grab a kid off the street. That also happens a lot. <laughs> you know, right? I was abducted so, out of my house using using. They used portal tech to show up at the door, and they, they came into my house and took me out of my bed, and 
brought me back what my parents would have thought was 15 minutes later, and they dropped me off on the doorstep. They didn't even bring me in. So my understanding is the programs, the, the actual black ops, have the CIA come pick you up using portal tech. Now, if they're going to do other stuff to you, they have, they have CPS do it, they have kidnappers do it. As far as what they're used for, some of them are, some of them are sex slaves. Some of them are used to produce adrenochrome. Some of them are working in fields. Some of them are taken into space and they're working in mines. Um, some of them are genetically altered. Some of them are turned into psionic weapons. Uh, I was a psionic weapon. Some are turned into cyborgs and sold to ETs. Um, there's a whole gamut of things that can happen to them. and Or they can also clone a whole bunch of you and, and do all the above. Exactly. So the main, so we're we're a product that they're they're buying, selling, and trading. We're a commodity, human beings. We're a commodity. Is that what yes. You're right. So that's exactly. And the main usage for humans are, uh, and it's it's all it's all ages. I mean, you were, you weren't just used as a child. Why do they want the children? Because they're tastier or well, something. Well, I did the last time I remember being taken. Um, was in '09. I was um, on vacation at a hospital. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. I went to brush my teeth. All right. I had the toothpaste in one hand, toothbrush in another. Next thing I know, I had to spit it out because instead of toothpaste, I was holding a, a, a tube of, of sunscreen. And instead of a toothbrush, I was holding a hairbrush, and it was nighttime. Wow. The last okay, time so I was they, they don't always keep track of your timeline. They just... I think those were ETs that were doing it because those are the type of mistakes that ETs would make. The last time I was taken was last was today while I was sleeping before this interview, and I was taken by Draco, and I had been having emotional problems from being overtired, and my inner child had risen to the top and wouldn't go back. And the Draco actually put this altar back in charge of the body. So they thought it was dangerous for the inner child to be in control. So this is this has been an interesting day. What does the inner child uh, need and want, Penny? What 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 is uh, the inner child telling you? Uh, my inner child keeps asking, why can't any of these beings love us? Meaning the totality of me. Because mm -hmm. I get taken so much, abused so much, put in so many situations that nobody should be in, and I have so much trouble in this life... And that's her big issue, is why couldn't anybody ever love us? Wow. And so she's, I, she's spent the last 
four days in charge, having a temper tantrum and crying. And it hasn't been fun. Um, I got to piggyback and watch what she was doing with my body and my life. Is there a part of you that uh, can uh, balance out the child and, and give it some of the love that it needs? I keep trying, but there's so much damage that the depth of her need is more than I can fill. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, like a, like a connection between, like, me and the other timeline, you know, probably a quantum entanglement, but, you know, I definitely had the feeling I get is like, you know, you show us the respect we deserve as a species, you know, stop patronizing us, stop, think, you know, uh, it's thinking that you can eat us, <laughs> you know, you can't, no, you cannot experiment on us without our permission. Uh, so this that, just, uh, sounds like a point very abundantly clear with what we have going on out there. That, that's I understand. It's like you you are somehow in your power center to even be able uh, to say that uh, to ba to balance out with that. That's beautiful to hear. Because uh, like I remember um, actually physically trading places with the my the the other me. <laughs> When I was 11 years old, um, you know, uh, you know, my mom. We went out to this uh, Harvest Moon Festival out in in the, the Rockies, and you know, it was basically you know a bunch of then 40 year old hippies and um, you know, like hanging on a large bonfire because you know the Harvest Moon is coming up, and that I guess that's when the moon is closest to the Earth, and. Mm -hmm. uh, so, anyways, you know, they they the, the men and women were separate dorms in these large uh, wooden cabins, and I remember one guy's like, "Hey, kid, do you want the top bunk?" I'm like, "Sure," you know, climbed up and and then I, know, I woke up, you know, first I felt this like plastic, this like kind of plastic tube in front of me, I kind of like you know battered away, and then. I kind of realized, okay, this is weird. I'm at a 45 degree angle, and I hopped down, and and I was in this uh, corridor, and there are um, all these. Everybody's in these like sleeping these tubes, and they're all like 45 degree angles along the sides of of the uh, corridor. You know, like every other one, one would be a 45 degree angle, and the other one above would be at like a negative. 45 degree kind of giving you an idea it was hot it was humid i felt like the vibrations in the and the ambience of of the engines there were like these monitoring devices um there were these like um valves that were like letting out puffs of steam i remember that um and then i was like okay and I'm going to climb back into my tube and go to sleep and pretend this is not happening. And then I kind of, you know, scratch my eyes and then every, it was back to how it was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
So that. Let me not, just say this 45 degree angle. Was it your, were your feet lower than your head or higher than your head? I'm not quite picturing this right. My, I was at a positive 45 degree angle, but it didn't matter because the gravity was. Uh, you know, line was and the two inside the two, the gravity was aligned, so I might as well have been like laying flat on my back. Oh, 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 oh. When I got out of the tube, it lined to the floor, and my feet were really heavy, and my head was really light. I remember that the gravity flighting, <laughs> so it was artificial gravity, yeah, yeah. Did were there any uh, do you remember stuff like oh. Faction? Did it smell like anything? Were there any tastes in your mouth? It, you know, it, besides it kind of seeing taste in my mouth, um, kind of like a metallic smell. But like it was really, like I said, it was hot. It was humid too. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I think um, what was going on. It was taking excess moisture from inside the tubes and then venting it out. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow! But if you that, remember, that's um, really the original great. Battlestar Galactica from the from the seventies. Oh yeah, we studied that. Yeah, do you remember, do you remember the, um, the the medical? No, team we didn't account? watch the original. No, we didn't see the original. We we saw the one from the um, early part of two thousand. So yeah, we have to oh, go no. watch that one because no, there's I, I information about the, the original one from the seventies, right? Um, they the 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 medical bay they had these like these tubes that people would rest in. You know, they looked exactly like that. Like, but they're at a forty. They're at forty five degree angles. Like, like I said, every other one was forty five. Kind of like it made it, it made the 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 corridor look octagonal. Um, kind of giving you the idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that corridor looked like it stretched on for, for almost a mile. I mean, it was long. <laughs> okay, and, and so what is your emotional uh, reaction uh, when, when you're in the experience? At the time, you know, I was like 11 year olds, like, oh, crap, I'm on a spaceship. Is this real? I'm going to climb back in the bed and pretend it's, this is a dream. <laughs> you know, that's how I reacted. At that age, in hindsight, yeah, yeah, I remember that, like, you know, clearly. So, wow. Thank <laughs> but yeah, you. I've had other like flashbacks and memories and like deja vu since then. And and Penny, you know, uh, you know, has had her own kind of like experiences like that too. Or. Because you've woken up inside your altars, right? Penny? Yeah. Um, hey, I turned my mic off. So, um, I, I have woken up inside altars, and I have woken up where I was piggybacking on an altar, which means that I'm there, I see through their eyes, but I'm not the person in charge. And that's how I know what the other altars are doing is because I wake up in them. The incident where I blew up the cyborg factory on Mars, I woke up in the altar that was in there. And when I, Penny, saw 
the the cyborg bodies hanging on racks and I saw humans being chopped up and put into them. I just did a flat emotional panic and on earth I have a firewall so this doesn't happen. But in that altar I don't. So I just sent out a bioelectric pulse and blew the place up apparently with me in it and I was with James Rink and Lindsay Hooper on that mission so yeah so you blew the place up and, and you guys everybody got out it, no you said you blew the place out I have vague memories of being on a planet that was bombed, like orbital bombardment. Um, and like, I remember the, um, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Penny. Um, but I, uh, I remember like the, the pattern they use is they would have like the large, um, the larger craft, one wave would approach um, on the equ- on the planet's equator, um, at, from uh, at, at from like west to east, and then they have two other waves like further up and further down, going from east to west, and another wave on top. You know, so it would cover the entire planet's surface, going opposite directions, continually like blasting the hell out of the surface. Um, and there would be like smaller vehicles below it, like hitting more precise targets. Um, but yeah, I remember being on like escaping that. <laughs> uh, and apparently, those are like uh, like the Nachtwaffen tactics. Um, or somebody, I think somebody else is either you or Erlene mentioned that 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 planetary. Um, bombing strike um, uh, technique? Uh, It was probably Elena. Um, I had the only times that we blew things up in any unit that I was in in Nachtwaffen, it was because they Not now. Hold on a second. They had rebelled... They had rebelled against the Draco. The Draco are actually pretty decent to their subject races uh, unless you rebel. And then they will knock you into the Stone Age or completely destroy your planet. But um, They boiled the oceans on Argelia. That doesn't surprise that doesn't surprise me because they consider rebellion to be dishonor and disloyalty and the worst thing you can do. So and, and they they left a little parting gift in the Pacific Ocean in 2010. Um, that wasn't caused by radiation. That the the destruction of the Pacific that was a biotoxin that they left on. That faction of Draco got kicked off this planet in 2010. 
So he had a base so they, under the they, You're talking about Fukushima. Yeah, uh, Fukushima. Um, you know, there have been other nuclear disasters. And there have been some at sea. Um, didn't cause that kind of damage. Uh, Fukushima wasn't the cause of that. That that was a parting gift. Okay, so they left gift us this little a parting gift. So is that going to eventually destroy the Earth? I mean, so it just keeps it, going. It, it no damaged it. It, it, it. You know, it, it definitely left the planet with a bloody nose. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it could have been worse. Well, it's still going. It's still yeah, going. Yeah, it's a word. We're resilient. That's that's one thing that uh, the ETs are, are starting to realize the hard way is that we're really adaptable, we're really resilient, and some of them are finding out that we're not the ones to be stepped on. <laughs> so let's talk about that. What what can we do? We've got uh, another... Uh, yeah, I want to just say that... Well, the vast majority of them don't want technologically Carl. They'd rather trade with us. Wait a minute. One at a time. One at a time. So, okay, Sash jumping. What do you want to say, honey? Well, just uh, the other day, uh, you know, Michael uh, was uh, was uh, Sala was saying that uh, that our military now has the weaponry that they can defend us against uh, extraterrestrial invasions. I don't know uh, what, what what I'd like to hear you, what you two think of that. Uh, Goes a bit beyond uh, beyond that, Penny. Um, how many planets have 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 we blown up? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, several. I've blown um, up several myself. I was on the. Uh, What's the on, purpose on the of blowing up a planet? Uh, we came into some the bat basically, you know their 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 version of Pluto basically came in. The back of somebody's solar system and blew that up as as kind of a, a warning, you know, sure force that uh, we're not to be messed with. And they so use like a, like so a heavy graviton, like some a heavy graviton beam, basically imploded it. So, so we, not only do, can we defend ourselves from an ET invasion, we take the fight to them. And probably will most of the okay. There's some of them that, that we're not going to try to fight with, but a lot of them, you know, we could probably go toe to toe with. And one of the things, so is, you, uh, one thing they lack is creativity. You know, it's like um, a lot of, especially the non-human ET races. You know, like. Our brain is divided in two halves, right and left. You know, we've got the logical, computational side on our left. We've got the creative, imaginative side on our right. They don't have that division. Their entire brain is equivalent of the left. So, you know, te technically they're very intelligent, but they're not creative. And that, that's the, our biggest advantage out there. Right. They don't have the level of imagination or creativity that humans do. And I've heard right. that for, you know, 10 years it's, now. That the, like, the we can adjust our, so our, our military tactics. They're going to, they, they have, like, their proven tactic that they use over and over and over and over again. They don't change it. It's like, okay, we can adapt to that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. and, okay, so what kind of, what kind of technology do they have 
and what do we have that's um, that counteracts it, or it's even better? Can you get? Do you have? Have you been well, exposed I mean, to technologies? I try not to compare <laughs> technologies because um, a lot of the the things that we can't um, you know work around is is because you know um, it's based on some sort of principle that we can't wrap our hominoid brains around. Um, but what I can tell you what we, what, what we do have, I mean, we have FTL travel. Um, we can great, we can, you know, basement universes are, are a great way to save on storage space. Um, we have androids, droids, cyborgs, robots, um, exoskeletons, um, you know, uh, experimenting and not doing so well with folding space from what I understand. With what? Folding space. You, oh, folding space. What that's is what folding you, space? That's what you use for intergalactic travel. Um, so there's not a system, a grid system. You have to actually fold space. So what you're saying. Yeah, they don't uh, use like wormhole exactly technology. Sure, or... how it works. They use like a, a type O super blue giant um, in in one galaxy and find adjoining one in another galaxy. It's something about connecting the gravity wells. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly like I said. It's that level. I don't quite understand uh, most of it, but that's kind of the gist of of. Um, but yeah, folding space, you, you use that for inter, intergalactic travel. Penny, what have you, uh, what technology are you aware of? For travel? For whatever. Uh, that they have that we don't. That the normal 3D human beings are not aware of. Well, if we're not aware, we would have no way to know about it. Now, I'm talking about the, the public program rather than this. What does the secret space program have? That he well, was, uh, I'm guessing like, that if anybody knows about what the ET have that we don't, it would be above what any of, of either me or Penny's pay, pay grade um, as far as okay. you would know that. I mean... And I'm most of most of what I remember is like common knowledge from from like civilian life out there. <laughs> I was military out there. I know more about the the tech than you think. Um, I was a navigator on a freighter, and we went inter we went interstellar, and we went outside the galaxy, and the way that the navigation on my ship was, was that the navigator was a psi weapon, and we would, I would step outside of 3D into a dimension of my choice and take my ship with me, and then step back into 3D where I wanted to be. And it was up to me to make sure no one was trapped in a bulkhead, no 
that we didn't end up inside a planet or a star at any point along the way. Um, the older technology was based on the navigator being a psi weapon. And it was, it was, that was why I was connected to the ship, to, into the ship's computer. And because I had to have that oneness with the ship to be able to take it through dimensions with me. Um, that's a, that's a technology that cannot be duplicated without a actual human being being the navigator. Yeah, and, I remember something and that, similar. And that, is um, why, that is why they tolerate my temper tantrums. They tolerate me getting attached to people during sex. They, they get, they tolerate a lot of my bullshit there. Simply because I'm very, very good at making sure nobody's in a bulkhead when we come out. I remember uh, servicing this technology because uh, I, I worked at the Japanese faction. So this is like cutting edge Japanese technology. Um, the best example I can think of um, is um, if you remember Minority Report, you know, they had the, the precogs. Or the Chronicles of Riddick, you know, the quasi-deads. It was uh, kind of the same thinking um, where they took these uh, people who were genetically modified um, as basically psionic long-range scanners. And they had no hair, no limbs, no eyes, no ears. All their, you know, everything was like breathing and stuff was, you know, there was like breathing tubes plugged in, feeding tubes and everything. And it was basically one male, three females. They're all inter-networked together and they formed this link and they're primarily like plugged into these scanners that were used as like long-range sensors. So they actually have use like and augment people to be uh, living components of technology <laughs> so that does happen yeah um. so when they do that are these people do they have individual souls or are they like a hive species what are we looking at they when they do, this do that to enhance the psionic abilities way beyond a normal person's um you know, because they're unaware, you know, there is complete sensory deprivation, you know, to, to an insane level. Um, and that cause, and they're, like I said, you know, you have these four minds that are all linked together. Um, where, like, the males used as the focus and the females are used to multitask. Um, I have no idea, but uh, I know they're used like that. Like, I've never been on, on the receiving end of anything like that. I know there. I've used direct neural interface um, with certain technologies for like piloting and targeting, um, stuff like that. Uh, but nothing like being a like a living component of 
technology. I've fortunately I've never experienced that, at least that I can remember. You know, there might be me. You know, if I dug down a little deeper, who knows <laughs> what else might surface. It sounds but. like almost like I spent 25 years on a freighter ship as the living component of that kind of technology. Hmm. So I know, like, kind of, is that like Borging, kind of like Star Trek's Borg? The Borg, are, the Borg are based on how so-called enhanced humans are in appearance and in how we're treated. Yeah, the Borg and they in Star Trek act like insectoids. Um, <coughs> and that's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, and I guess in some sort of convoluted thinking, somebody thought that we're trying to, you know, if we have to deal with insectoids, it might help to become like them, but you know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I distinctly remember uh, working on on that. Um, the other vehicles I, I was in, especially as uh, on the civilian side, they didn't use like living technology like that. It was all static tech, thankfully. <laughs> so even though you spent all those years in, in that, that uh, structure or, or capacity. You're, you still have a soul, Penny, right? You're, you're like an individuated soul, even though you were in a group mind type thing for a while. I wasn't in a group mind. I was. A, I was. Merged, was. I was merged with the quantum computer on my ship. Okay. Uh, so I was. That's how they kept me out of trouble. Um, but yeah, I still have a soul. Of course, I still have a soul. That's 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 one of the biggest problems that I have with people that talk about all the all the human tech is that they assume nobody has a soul. That you're all clones. Right. That you're all soulless clones. <laughs> that you're all some kind of monster. Well, I'll tell you. If you have a consciousness, you have a soul. There's a whole technology with it, um, and there's a whole science behind the soul, as well as technology um, about, the, you know, that, you know, um, so they, they know about the soul. Excuse it's, you know, me, Tomas, I was in the middle of something. My bad. If you have a consciousness... You have a soul. If you are operating a meat suit, you have a soul. People who think otherwise are just being racist and exclusivist, and it's based on religious bullshit. Well, that's one reason why I wanted to clarify this, because I had a spaceship come right to my front patio Right by my like? front door, <laughs> and and uh, it, I called the sport model. It kind of reminded me, and it wasn't exactly, but kind of like the um, the ship that they had on uh, the first Star Wars. It wasn't a big okay. ship; it was like the size of a car, 
or, or like a uh, like a stretch limo, about that size. But okay. my my deck is about thirty five feet across, and it it was right there, uh, hovering above my deck, about six feet high, and it was broad in the middle of the daylight. And uh, I'm just wondering if um, Google Earth caught it, <laughs> you know, like there it was, like on my deck, uh, and it was communicating with me. And I said, what species are in you? And it said, no, I am the ship. I am conscious. I am alive. Uh, A lot of the the ET ships are living beings. Mm -hmm. Also, um, a lot of the uh, computer avatars that are semi-conscious, you know, that that we have, um, you know, would react that way. It's like... The quantum computers are made from human neurons with human DNA, and they have human consciousness, just like humans in human-looking bodies do. And they used the DNA from people in the programs, and they thought that if they mixed enough enough people's individual DNA into it. So they were they were using six people's DNA per computer, hoping that that would stop the clone entanglement. But it doesn't. If they used your DNA to create a quantum computer and you're psychic at all, you have a psychic link to that machine. Although it's not a machine, it's a machine with a human consciousness. Yeah, the, well, that's why I love these talks because you're validating something that I've directly experienced. We also so have thank you. like things that are just machines that are designed to emulate the com- consciousness. Which you know that you can read that there's something there. It doesn't read the same as as an organic psychic consciousness, but you can kind of feel that there's def- something there, and that's. You know, like Knight Rider when you have Kit. You know, that's a good example. Well, that would that would be uh, sentient AI. Yeah, it's a, it's a ship's avatar, so, not not uh, the like the, the 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 psionic tech that you know that that's, that unfortunately Penny had so, had had to live in. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna just clarify some things in my own mind here. So one time I uh, had an episode with um, a being that was on the end of a uh, like a Buck Rogers ray, and when I and I could feel that it, I called it a soulless being. It was like it wasn't, it, it didn't have a soul. It was shocking. Is that is that possible that they could have? Something it could have been a droid. Kind of soulless. It, it could have been a droid, droid probably. Yeah, very uh, human. There are droids that appear to be organic beings but are not. And mm-hmm. a lot of the smaller greys are actually androids. Um, and they do not have any kind of a consciousness in them. The larger ones are cyborgs and they do contain enough of a human brain to seat a consciousness in them. So they are, to me, they're an abomination because it's a human that's trapped inside a machine. And you're not there 
with your full self. All of your higher functions are AI. You have simple animal awareness. And I have and an I was that is in that condition. She shuttles mm -hmm. a, she drives a shuttle between the moon and Mars on a endless loop. And because she's a machine, they never give her downtime and they treat her like shit. Um, they treat her like she's a machine, but she's not. She still has a partial brain and she still has awareness. And the way, the way that cyborgs are treated is beyond anything that anyone should ever have to live with. And what's really ironic, because I remember servicing, because um, I worked on, uh, we have things that are very similar to Ed 209s. Um, they have like a Rottweiler brain or like a large dog brain built that operates it. Um, and everybody knows there's a dog inside and people treat them better than the cyborgs that are made out of humans. Mm. That's like a yeah, sick Randy, irony about that. He's talking about the dog species. Yeah. No, Randy, I'm not talking about dog species. Talking about the dog species. I'm talking species. about yeah. droids that we the use droid, a dog yeah. brain to, to operate it. Mm-hmm. All right, so like we so have things like... like the it, dog that we have here on Earth, that level of intelligence, or the yes, dog It's species. an actual dog. That's what I'm saying. It's we take the brain out, we use it as the operating system for a droid. Yes. Okay. It's a dog version of a cyborg. And yeah. it's a Earth dog, not not okay. the other. So when you That's have like an Ed two hundred nine as a good example, because we have droids that are very similar to that. Like you use a brain of a Wattweiler inside of that thing, and when we activate it, it will growl. <laughs> and we get injured, it squeals. But yeah, uh, you know those. You know for like uh, basic defense drones. Those are, you know, guard dogs are perfect. Wow. Okay, we're on our last minute. You guys want to tell everybody how to reach you or, or your groups, and then we'll have to do another one of these sometime here <laughs> soon. Go ahead. One more minute. I have your group? A, our group is secret, so you can't find it without one of us adding you. But I have a page on Facebook, Bradley, comma, Nachtwaffen Pilot. And it was because I was getting too many friend requests. You can reach me there, and I respond within 24 hours. Also, um, well, well, times. reach out to you guys, and hey, I think I might have been in the... In the
Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at FreedomSlips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener-supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we are listener sponsored and commercial free, but there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost, our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation, or in Alaska, Hawaii, or Canada for a $70 donation, we will send you an uncirculated 2018 one ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no us. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country is founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to the banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Alice Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics. Only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. 